Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Hope Life Podcast, a podcast that allows you to hear the hearts of Hope Church pastors and leaders through real conversations about life, ministry, vision, and goals, or some of the exciting ways that God is working through their specific ministry or congregation. This is a great resource for our church family, and we're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to today's episode. Hopefully, we will all leave today's conversation more inspired to passionately follow Jesus and make Him visible as together we live the hope life. Hey, Hope family. Hope everybody is doing great. Welcome back to the Hope Life podcast. I'm your host, David, and joining joining me today is Pastor Clint Connor. How are you doing, Clint? I'm doing great, David. How's it going? Oh, man, it's good. You know, I was experiencing some uh, some FOMO, you know, some fear of missing out as I was seeing all of the pictures of everybody going to uh, Myrtle Beach and experiencing the uh, the fall in love marriage retreat. And so I'm, you know, my wife and I, we just had a, a, a baby. He's he's almost three uh, three months old. He'll be three months old this week. And we just felt like ah, maybe not not quite able to, to go down just yet and, and didn't really have anybody that, that was able to watch him. And so we were just watching all the pictures and happy for everyone that got to go, but definitely uh, wishing we could be there. How was it? It was great. We had a, a great weekend. The sessions were amazing. Uh, we ate some good food, got to hang out with a lot of different people from other Hope Church locations, and uh, it was just a, a phenomenal weekend. Yeah, it's always awesome. You know, we're always talking about how how the Hope Church is is one family in many locations, and so it's really cool to see uh, when you have different events like this or like camp, where everybody can come together and and experience ministry together and and go through something like this. Is there anything that sticks out to you as like a highlight from the weekend? Uh, yeah. So for me, uh, the highlight of the weekend was the, the Q and a that we got to do with, uh, everybody there on, uh, Friday morning, uh, was also probably one of my favorite, I, I guess, parts of the retreat from last year as well. And I just love how all of the Hope Church pastors and the pastor's wives are so authentic and transparent with their lives. And, uh, it just, it's encouraging to know that, there are other people, especially in ministry, that are going through the same struggles and, and fighting the same battles that, that we are. And so for me, that's always my favorite part of the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, just thinking back, my looking at some of the couples retreats or like marriage conferences that I've seen, and it seems like sometimes you go into these things and the people that they bring in as speakers are just, they're not very real about their struggles or, you know, the people there are kind of put on air. It's like everything is okay. And, and it just makes for an experience that's really um, almost claustrophobic because you feel kind of like you can't say anything. You're kind of trapped in your own thoughts and you can't express anything. But it sounds like uh, from the weekend, a lot of people were able to just be open and honest and, and as you said, authentic about marriage and their relationship, the struggles, the good, the bad, the highs and the lows. Um, and it sounds like it was something that was very beneficial. Anything that you would say uh, to someone who was on the fence of going this year, maybe they can be encouraged to go next year? Yeah, absolutely. I would say if you have ever thought about going, but you are on the fence, uh, I, I think it's definitely worth 
Um, the investment is definitely worth taking the chance. If you want to say taking the, the plunge, um, you should definitely just do it because um, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. It's I think we've all been to those conferences in the past we've gone to and we come back maybe feeling worse about ourselves and our walk with Jesus, uh, feeling like we haven't measured up or something like that. But um, I think when you come back from this, you're going to be encouraged that you're not alone, that there's other people that are in the same fights, you're in the same battles, the same struggles, and you're going to find strength and encouragement for where you are in your walk with Jesus. And I think when you come back, you're going to feel probably closer to Jesus than you did when you went, because you're going to be so encouraged uh, in seeing how God is at work in, in other people's lives. And so I would just encourage someone if you're really thinking about it, make that investment in your marriage. It is absolutely worth it, and you will not regret it. Amen. That's great. Well, that's that's as good as advertisement as you'll as you'll get there, folks. So, um, but we're not here to necessarily talk about the marriage retreat, although we could talk about that at length. Um, but instead, we are here to uh, talk about Clint and his journey as a as a hope life pa- as a or as a hope pastor. Now. Um, Clint, before we get there, my first introduction to you, I believe, was in April of 2021. So uh, my wife and I, as previously expressed, had met Brian at a ministry conference out in Las Vegas. He said, why don't you guys come over to Danville? And so we took her spring break to come to Danville. We came into the office there, and uh, I was there that I, I think you might have been the first person I met walking in through the door. And and folks, I don't know... Um, you know, I've heard some country people in my life, but Clint is one of those. Uh, he's he's got a thick old accent. I mean, I'm talking about talks out the side of his mouth and just, you know, I mean, he is from this area and I'm sure he's proud of it. And so that was my first time meeting you. And, um, you know, my Sam, she's from New Jersey. And so, you know, sometimes it's 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 funny to hear her talk about her reactions to people that she meets from down south. Some people like to hide their accent. I met a few who were born and raised in Danville and they try not to sound like it. Uh, but you were I'm you can tell you're from this area, is that right? Uh yeah, so I'm not from Danville originally, but I was born in Roanoke, Virginia and grew up about an hour uh south of there, an hour west of Danville in Stewart, Virginia. So yeah, definitely How big from- is how big is Stewart, Virginia? Like 4,000 people maybe in the entire <laughs> county is like 20,000, about half the size of, of Danville in the entire county. Man. And I, and you know, we think Danville is small. So we go to Stewart, Virginia. And I mean, we're, we're really talking about a, a, a tight knit community, huh? Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Don't blink. You might miss it. <laughs> so, so how did you, I mean, how'd you end up in ministry? I mean, did you grow up in in church, did you, were your parents heavily involved in ministry, or is that something that you kind of came on to your own? Or how did how did that work for you? So yeah, I didn't actually grow up in church at all. Um, my mom would occasionally take me to church, and we would sporadically attend. Uh, but I I had no um, childhood involvement in church like a lot of people do. Um, so for me, I actually started attending church consistently probably about in the ninth grade when I was in high school. And I have a very spiritual reason how that happened. Uh, The girl I was dating in high school, she was a Christian. She attended uh, actually a fundamentalist Baptist church. Um, Oh, man. So, um, yeah, and she invited me to church. And 
uh, the thing that got me in was she told me that if you come to church with me, my mom and dad will like you better. And so that was my whole logic and my reasoning behind going. And so I started going and throughout that summer, I just kept going and continued to go. And even though maybe my, I guess, motives for going initially weren't maybe what they should have been, God worked in my life despite of that. And it was probably about three or four months into that, I came to faith in Jesus later on that fall. So uh, that's how I actually got uh, into church and how I uh, entered into a relationship with Jesus. Oh, well, praise God. Hey, look, you know what? They they say, you know, people talk about how God works in mysterious ways. And sometimes, you know, it's, you know, it's through uh, something crazy happening. And, you know, you ask God that it to show himself. And next thing you know, every, every green light, be, every light between your work and, and, and home is, is green. And that's when yeah. you decide to make your decision. And then other times it's, you know, someone is a, is a young high school boy who's just very romantically interested in someone and God uses that as a tool. So, Hey, you know, you got to flirt to convert as they say, and it sounds like that's what, uh, that's what happened. So, uh, you start going to this, this fundamental, I assume it's an IFB church an independent fundamental Baptist church. Yeah, it was. And, uh, actually there's even a, a connection to, to Brian and his family. So oh. this fun, independent fundamental Baptist church was started by his dad, uh, Craig Edwards. And, uh, Craig no, was not the pastor there when I started attending, but he was the the founding pastor. And so uh, that was the church in a little small place in Patrick County called Claudeville, Virginia, not far from where Brian grew up is okay. uh, the church church we attended and where, where I came to faith in Jesus. Nice. Well, that's, that's, spe- that's really special. Um, and I know that place probably holds a special place in your heart because of that. Now, one of the things that, that people should know is when you start attending a fundamentalist church, one of the things that they will drill into, you know, young people is they probably should just do ministry or go to Bible college or something like that uh, if they're going to do anything worthwhile with their life. And so I don't know if that was your trajectory. It certainly was mine. Uh, but you, you start going to this church. What was the next step in life? I mean, how did you, you know, did you get sent? Did you go to Bible college? Did you do something different? How did that work out? So actually, the next step for me was a little, uh, took a little longer to, to come to fruition. So uh, after high school, uh, I went through a season and a period where I had drifted and had kind of gotten out of church. And so there was probably a two or three year period where I was just attending sporadically and occasionally and what really committed. And so uh, for me, the next step wasn't really Bible college. The uh, I guess the next step for me was when when I actually got married, which was a couple years after high school, and not to the same girl uh, that was responsible for getting me in church. But uh, once I got married, uh, we began to attend the same church sporadically. And uh, crazy enough, while I was in college finishing my uh, associate's degree, uh, I remember I was doubling up on classes. And so I was looking for something to kill time in the afternoon while I was uh, waiting for the night classes to begin. And I was in a bookstore and the book that caught my eye was Left Behind. And so everybody remembers the Left Behind books that came out like 20 some years ago. And right. I picked the book up, bought it and just was hooked instantly and started reading. And it was through reading that book that God began to work in my heart and draw me back to himself and, and show me that uh, I needed to to be back in church and my relationship with Jesus wasn't where it needed to be. And so it was really through that 
that God used that to get me back in church and to work in my hearts, uh, my wife's heart as well, and led us back um, into church. And so that was kind of the next step for me personally. And then uh, after that, the next step was um, I'd been a believer for probably like seven or eight years and had not been baptized. Uh, had, and so that was my next step. And then uh, once that happened, probably within a year, God began to deal with my heart about about ministry and, and preaching. And so uh, it kind of progressed from there. Yeah, yeah. That's that's so great because you know what? It's it's one of those things where where God just tremendous. Mean, Brian was preaching this morning about God's grace and how somebody had said that grace is any step that God takes towards us. And it's so awesome to know that that the God of the universe is always taking steps towards us. I mean, he's always pursuing us and he's always um, looking looking for us to redeem that love. And I mean, he already did redeem that love on on the cross. And it's just a matter of of us, you know, re- recognizing what he's already done and and really coming to that that gift and, and believing the gospel. And while you'd already been a believer, um, you know, there are seasons in, of of time. Maybe somebody's listening to this, and you're going through a season like that, where you know you you know about God, and at one point maybe you love the Lord, but but you know that it's time for you to 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 come back, and just know that, like in Clint's life, God is always uh, pursuing you and and ready to renew you and to receive you with open arms. And it's amazing that when we go and and run into God's open arms, what He does with our life, which is what sounds like what. God started working your life. So so you were drifting, you came back, and then about a year or so later, um, God started working in your life about ministry. What did those conversations look like, maybe at home with yourself, with your your pastor or your church? What you know, what what conversations were in the works there? So for us, uh, it was conversations a lot with myself and, and our pastor at that time, uh, just sharing with him kind of what I felt God impressing upon my heart and the direction I felt God was leading. And I remember him asking me at the time, do you feel like maybe it's into pastoring or evangelism or missions? And at that time, I felt no call at all to, to be a pastor at all. I didn't feel that leading. I really felt like God actually was working our hearts uh, to move us into missions. And my heart was really drawn towards missions initially. Uh, so that's kind of what that looked like. And then uh, around that same time as well, I had the opportunity to take a, a missions trip to the country of Paraguay in South America and went there. And through all of that, God really just began to to kind of work in both of our hearts, my, my wife as well, that we believed he wanted us to be in the country of Paraguay as, as missionaries. And so that's kind of how it took shape early on was that uh, just through conversations with our pastor, uh, with one another, and then with this uh, missionary that God had brought into our, our lives and had had the opportunity to go visit the country of Paraguay with him, just really moving our hearts towards missions and believing that we were going to be in the country of Paraguay. And uh, so not to skip too far ahead, but you know that's kind of eventually where we kind of did end up moving not too long after that was in that direction towards uh, making that happen. So, but I'm assuming you you didn't make it to Paraguay, did you? We actually did. Uh, oh, you we, did? Oh, okay. We actually did. So uh, we spent, uh, after, I guess right after we took that missions trip, probably within a few months, we started deputation, the process of raising our support. And 
spent about three, three and a half years doing that. And so uh, it was March of 2007. We, we flew out of the U.S. towards uh, Paraguay. And so we were actually in the country uh, for probably about six months, I guess, um, before okay. we ended up back home. Wow. So I'm, I'm just curious then, because I had no, how's your Spanish? It is very, very bad right now. <laughs> it is terrible. Uh, I actually bumped into a, a gentleman that we used to work with in our Spanish ministry at the first church I pastored um, years ago, and uh, he was speaking to me, and I was struggling to carry on a very simple, basic conversation. So it's uh, very rusty. Okay, well, we'll have to work on that because, you know, my, my family is from Colombia and I speak Spanish just fine, but uh, we're going to have to work on that, uh, Clint, because, you know, combining Spanish with your country accent, I mean, those are just like, that's that's match made in heaven right there and we need to work on it because that's, that's sure to impress folks. Um, so you make it back from Paraguay and then what, what happens next? I mean, do you go to pastor a church or do you take a break for a while? What, what's, um, what's going on in your life there? So when we come home off the mission field and uh, we kind of, we had, I, I guess the easiest way to say it, it's, it's a really long story. So we'll just save that for another time. But to kind of give the, the short version of it, we had a, a really, I guess, hurtful experience on the mission field. Uh, things really didn't go as we had hoped. And uh, it just uh, was a situation we knew that we weren't prepared to stay there based on what had transpired. And so we end up coming home. Um, after about six months, and like like I said, that was not our plan. Our plan was that we believed we were actually going there for the rest of our lives. And so we went there with that mindset. But so six months in, we end up coming home. And so the next step, what it looks like for us was we were kind of trying to figure out what the, the next step was going to be and, and praying through that. And, and at that point, I really began to feel like that God was maybe moving me more towards, a, I guess, a pastoral ministry because I, or, or church planting, I guess, as the independent Baptist knew it at that time, maybe pastoring that way. But, um, that was our, our, our goal and our plan. But as you know, a lot of times God's plans for our lives are not the same as our plans. And so it was actually, uh, through this season when we were home, uh, we went through another very hurtful experience with, with our church. And, uh, we, um, I guess the best way to say it was when we came home off the mission field, it was, we didn't feel, I guess, I'm trying to think, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, we felt sort of kicked to the curb, I guess, would, would be a good way to, to right. explain it. And uh, I, I think ultimately what it amounted to, without trying to sound too negative, was I think our pastor felt like he had egg on his face. And I think in his mind, we had embarrassed him because we came home from the mission field. And so uh, we we were kind of pushed to the side and kind of pushed out. And and so it was, it was a really hurtful season again. And it kind of culminated about probably six months after that with uh, us leaving that independent fundamental Baptist church that I had kind of grown up in from a teenager. Uh, yeah. We'd gotten married there, um, was baptized there called to preach there, called to the mission field there. I was ordained there. Like every significant spiritual event in my life had happened in this place. And so uh, we end up leaving, uh, not really knowing what was next. And so that led me to a place where I actually spent an entire year. I didn't even go to church. Um, I didn't go anywhere. Uh, it, it was a 
it was a really difficult season because I absolutely still love Jesus, uh, believed in Jesus, and had no doubt that I wanted to follow Jesus. But uh, I really was struggling with trying to find a faith community that I thought we could land in because uh, we really had not really made our exit from fundamentalism, but we didn't really fit the independent fundamental Baptist mold anymore. And so it was really tough because we were still King James only. I still wore a suit, you know, when I preached and, um, but there were a lot of things that I didn't agree with. And so we were really struggling to find a faith community to land in. And so for a whole year, we just, we weren't even in church. Uh, and until a year later, a lady that Tangie worked with had invited her to church and, uh, we ended up visiting, uh, it was an older gentleman who pastored. It actually was independent Baptist, but not really. Uh, this was an older gentleman. He, uh, was heavily influenced by the Puritans, even though he was not a reformed guy. Um, he loved, he would tell you like all the best commentaries were written by reformed guys. He would say stuff like that. He loved the, uh, Plymouth brethren, uh, was my first experience and encounter with expositional preaching, uh, and we just found a community of people that uh, loved on us, helped us heal, and uh, it was it was amazing um, how God used this particular pastor and this particular church family to help us heal and prepare us for um, which would be the next step of of moving into pastoral ministry. Man, that's incredible. I mean, you know. I'm sure somebody's listening out here and you know when they say there's no there's no hurt like like church hurt I mean it's that that really resonates because you feel like this is the group of people that are supposed to love you uh they're supposed to love you uh, like Jesus loves you they're supposed to be a reflection of Jesus and then all of a sudden you find yourself kind of with a uh, um what's the word I'm, I'm I'm the word is escaping me but almost like this weird dichotomy of of like, well, I know they're sinners and I know they're not perfect. And, but at the same time, like they're really, uh, really running in the opposite direction of what Jesus has called us to do. And so uh, it creates a cognitive dissonance. That's the word I was looking for, the cognitive dissonance of, of what what they say and um, they say they do and what they actually do. And so I totally understand not not being in church and, and getting that. And then but how refreshing to be to to find someone that was willing to to help you guys and and really um, kind of help you get back on your feet in terms of falling in love with with his body with you know with the body of Christ again and and what and God's word and and so now that I guess you you guys are there you're kind of getting back into like a healthy establishment um, God brings you into the the uh, pastoral ministry um, when then. I guess is is this along the lines of kind of when you you start to you meet Brian or you uh, you meet Hope or does that come later? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so yeah, it uh, actually wasn't long after that. Uh, this was probably roughly about 2010 when I entered pastoral ministry, pastoring my first church in Stewart, and uh, I was there probably about three years. And I'll I'll skip some of that because it's it's kind of. Um, not really a whole lot to tell as far as advancing, I guess, uh, our story with, with hope, but, um, about three years in is actually when I met Brian and, uh, well, I say met him, we, we really got connected. We actually met each other and he swears up and down that I was lying about this until his dad's <laughs> retirement party earlier this year. Um, but we actually met in 2005 for the very first time and, uh, his uncle, 
uh, was also a member of the church in Claudeville we attended. And when he knew we were in missions, he kept saying, hey, I want to introduce you to Brian. Man, their church in Danville is really growing, and maybe you could get some support there. And so we're in Mount Airy, and, and Brian and Denise are there with Craig and Linda. They're all having dinner together, and and his uncle's with them, and they come out, and and uh, his uncle introduces me. He's like, hey, this is Brian. And and, and I introduced myself and told him who I was, and and Brian looked like he could have probably cared less to, to talk to me at that point because he probably thought I was just trying to get money out of him. And, <laughs> and, and, and the funny story is I really was looking to get money out of him because we needed support. But <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, but yeah, anyway, so we I wanted joke, to, I was, you, yeah, you wanted in on the, the deep pockets of Brian Edwards. I get it. I get it. That, that, that's right. And I always joked. I was like, yeah, you totally blew me off. And and he would always joke with people and say, he tells this lie about me and how we met. And so then he asked his uncle at his dad's retirement party earlier this year, he said, did, did we really meet? And he goes, I kept telling him, no, that didn't happen. And his uncle says, yeah, yeah, it did. And so <laughs> uh, we, we kind of joke and have a good laugh about that. But, but really in 2013 is when Brian and I really got connected for real and really began to build a relationship. And it was it was through another pastor who actually had came to to preach for me at the church I was at. And uh, I'll never forget, Brian called me and left me a voicemail. And I was just like kind of thinking in my head, like, wow, you know, hey, Brian Edwards wants to 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 meet with me and this other guy. And he wants us to hang out and and spend time talking. And and I knew Brian was doing a, a lot of good stuff in Danville through through Hope Church at, at that time called Blessed Hope. And uh, I knew a lot of great things were happening. So it just I felt really, I guess, honored that like, hey, I get to, to hang out with him and talk with him. And and so it was through that we began building a relationship. And uh, in 2013, that fall, they hosted a leadership uh, conference called Uplift Leaders uh, that was done for about three years, I guess. That was the inaugural year. And I went and uh, I didn't intend to go. I thought about it and then I kind of was rationalizing why I couldn't go or shouldn't go or didn't need to. And and Brian sends me this Facebook message asking me if I'm going to go. And I kind of felt obligated to go <laughs> at that point. And so, um, but I go and, and it turns out to be a, an amazing time, a great event. And it just kind of helps deepen the connection that Brian and I were forming. And so throughout the remainder of 2013, we, we began to talk a lot. And, and, and I felt like my time was winding down at the church I was at. I, I really, by that fall, felt like we had gone as far as we could go there and had taken the church as far as we were going to be able to, to, to advance the church and in, in the direction we believed God was, was leading us. And so right. I came down to uh, Danville in November, 2013, uh, Brian invited us to come and hang out and, and just to encourage us. And so we did that. And then he began to kind of share with me how they, you know, were, were starting to plant churches and they had just planted uh, hope church Halifax, you know, about a year or two before. And uh, there was another location they were working with and, and so they were really looking to get involved in planting churches in smaller rural communities. And, and he said, hey, Stewart is a place we've always wanted to plant. And we began to have a conversation about what it might look like for me to come on board and plant at that time what was Blessed Hope Stewart. And so that conversation began happening. And uh, then... I'll jump ahead just a couple of months and the beginning of 2014, uh, that conversation got very serious. And in March of 2014, uh, we officially came on board 
to plant Blessed Hope Stewart. And uh, we launched in um, Easter 2014 uh, as, a, as a church plant there in, in Stewart, Virginia. Wow, man, what a, that's, I mean, that's crazy how, you know, just like through a series of events and like you're in Paraguay and then you come back and then you're pastoring a church here. And then now in this like hometown community where, uh, you know, where you grew up and all of a sudden, you know, this, uh, opportunity comes up and, and now you said this was blessed hope at the time, right? You're planting blessed hope. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so man, what a, so you were on the the church planning team, I guess, back when it was a uh, uh, blessed hope. And uh, what was kind of like going through y'all's mind at this time? I mean, as you, I mean, I'm sure it was exciting times to kind of launch out at this venture. And and so, what were you know some of the challenges as you guys kind of got up and running? What were some of the things, the obstacles that you faced, and you know some of the good, some of the bad? So yeah, absolutely, it was a very exciting time. We had never been a part of anything quite like this before. Uh, in fact, I was actually just sharing this with someone at dinner tonight. That um, previously pastoring, I always felt like I was on an island on my own, and I was in the fight alone. And so, this was completely different when we came to hope <clears throat> that we now had like a team of guys that were part of of this thing we were doing, and it wasn't just the Lone Ranger, it was, we, you know, we had a group of guys. And so it was extremely exciting. But one of the challenges that we did face are in the early days that I was here and early on with the church planting that we began to do was uh, we didn't quite have the same experience, you know, that we've, we've attained now. And so we were really learning and kind of feeling our way through what it looked like to plant all of these churches. And, and part of that was, you know, learning what not to do. And, and I kind of joke, um, actually, I, I, in a lot of ways, Blessed Hope Stewart became a great, I think, teacher for us of what we wanted to do in the future with church planting through Hope and then what we didn't want to do. Um, because uh, I, I've told Brian, he and I've had this conversation a lot, you know, and I tell other people, like, we really, truly learned what not to do in church planting through you know, our time in Stewart. And it was at that time, there were a lot of things that were, I guess, maybe some discouraging times because it, it was, it was tough uh, for people that maybe don't know a lot about Stewart, Virginia. It's, you know, and uh, most people probably don't. It's a very small community. It's a mountain community and uh, they don't really take well to outsiders. And so um, my dad's from there. I grew up there most of my life. And so even though I wasn't necessarily born there, I was considered to be one of them. And so uh, things are really difficult there. They don't adapt to change very well. And so uh, trying to plant a new kind of church there, different from what was already there, it was a it was a struggle. And, and I think we learned that uh, it, it takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of resourcing and it takes a really good developed core team to be able to pull that off successfully there. And, and I'll just say for me personally, I've, I've always shared this with Brian over the years that um, I vastly overestimated my influence with, with who I thought was my core group in that, at that time in that season. And, and so it made, it did make things difficult, but it was an exciting time because we were kind of in on the ground floor of the planting movement that, that God has blessed us with here now at Hope Church. And, and, a lot of the things that I learned there and some of the things that happened to us have been invaluable now planting 
uh, in Martinsville. And so um, it's been it's been a kind of a crazy ride, I guess, during those early days with that. But it was there was so much that I know that I learned and I know Brian has talked about that he he learned. And I think we learned as a whole through that season. Yeah, it's it's amazing, you know, when when you engage in a, you know, what I would call like a pioneering work. I mean, you're this is this your first time doing something often it's the the people that you're working with, they don't really have all the answers and a lot of it is just like, well, we're going to step out by faith and ask God to just guide us and you know what? Um we're doing this for his glory and nobody else and if we succeed, great, and if we fail, then you know, we're failing for God's glory and and you know, we'll continue on and so um, it definitely God uses these things as even just stepping stones to be uh, redirect us in a different direction and to learn and to be more effective in other places, which uh, it sounds like. So, so remind me again, how, how long were you guys in Stewart trying to get this church plant off the ground? And then, you know, about, um, you know, how long afterward that did you decide that, you know what, we might be shifting in a different direction? So, yeah, we started, um, Easter 2014, somewhere in April, I think, roughly. might have been like the first Sunday in April. And so we continued on through the end of 2014. So probably like roughly maybe eight months. And so it was, I probably knew maybe a little sooner than some of the others in the group, but I I felt like towards the end of the summer, we were probably moving in a direction that was not, I guess, good as far as growth. And it kind of seemed like this was not going to succeed in that area at that time. And, and so uh, at the end of that year, uh, we made the difficult decision that we we believed that, you know, we needed to just, you know, not continue in that direction there in Stewart. And it was difficult because we lived there. We really believed in the need for that type of church in, in Stewart because we believed that, that Hope Church represented something that was very needed there. And so it was really a difficult decision, but we also believed it was the timing wasn't right on that. And just, there were just a lot of things that just didn't work out. And, and, and looking back on it now, I look at it and I'm like, you know, that was totally good because God was in all of that and working through all of that. And, and maybe we didn't see how at the time God was working in and through that, but looking back on it now, it's, we totally see it. And so uh, at the end of the 2014 year, we, we made that difficult decision. And then um, my role at that point kind of changed and, and shifted as uh, moving from, I guess, kind of a church planter slash pastor in that regards to I stayed on in more of a central role um, as we were beginning to add more churches into the Hope Church family. And so I stayed on to help facilitate, I guess, some of that. And uh, so a lot of that looked like um, me helping to implement Hope Church DNA with new churches that were coming in and serving alongside the uh, lead pastor who was already there, uh, kind of in a, I guess, um, like an executive pastor role or an administrative pastor role. And so uh, when 2015, you know, started, there were a lot of conversations at that point about um, Craig and um at that time, what was known as Mayberry Baptist Church in Mount Airy, uh, coming into the fold and and becoming a Hope Church location. And so throughout the early part of 2015, those conversations were happening. And when that became a, an official thing, it was decided, yes, they were uh, making that move. And Craig was going to become a Hope Church guy and, and they were going to become Hope Church Mount Airy. Uh, we uh, ended up going to Mount Airy. Served alongside Craig and and the people there for a little over a year, 
and uh, help to to kind of get the the ball rolling there and to to get Hope Church Mount Airy off the ground from uh, basically it was kind of a replant, I guess you could say. Sure. Um, coming in uh, under, you know, uh, Mayberry Baptist Church and then becoming Hope Church Mount Airy. And so that's what my role began to look like in, in 2015 and into 2016 uh, was actually doing a lot of that. And so my role was different, but yet it was still within Hope Church. And uh, at that time, I had actually served at every one of, every single one of our Hope Church locations in some capacity. <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, you're like Johnny Cash. I mean, you've just been everywhere is, is basically what you're saying. So, um, so that's, that's really exciting. I mean, even just to be, you know, just kind of have your hands and all the things that God is doing with Hope Church, uh, that's definitely had to have been um, exciting because you're, you're still a part of the team and you're still pioneering and, and, you know, you're working as a team together to see everybody succeed. And so when, I guess, um, let's fast forward then to now um, Hope Church which was, I believe, Hope Church Clearview, now Hope Church uh, yeah. Martinsville. So so now we fast forward and you're back into church planting again. So how did that transition happen? So uh, really quickly, uh, the transition happened initially in 2018 when I actually uh, came on staff full-time in Danville specifically. Uh, instead of having more of a central role, now uh, an opening ha- uh, came up in Danville and Brian offered me a position there. Um, and so I went on staff there specifically in Danville and did that for, uh, from 2018 through, uh, 2021. And the opportunity at that point came open for me to, uh, what initially what I thought was go to Martinsville for two weeks to preach, um, while we (laughs) were, uh, looking for, for a guy to, um, be, uh, that pastor planter in Martinsville and Brian goes, Hey, can you go for two weeks to, to preach? Like, absolutely. I'll go preach for two weeks. Sure. And, uh, come back. And, uh, he says, yeah, one of the guys there called me and said, he really liked your style of preaching. And he just wants to know if you can keep coming and preaching up here for a while. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? You know? And, uh, the whole time I'm really thinking, um, that I'm just kind of, filling that role until God reveals who we're supposed to have there with this core group of people. Um, because we had a group, we had a kind of a, a backward situation in Martinsville. We had the core group of people, but we didn't really have the guy. And, and so that's kind of right. uh, a, a unique situation. And so uh, I thought I was just filling that void and uh, really had no desire to get back into being a lead pastor again. Uh, I even shared with Brian uh, uh, that, I thought maybe I was done with that, that part of, of my life and that maybe that was for a season and God was moving me into it. And, and I don't know. He never really said anything. I'm not really sure what he, he thought. Maybe he didn't want to say anything either way. But I just said, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just really content. And I was even sharing with, with someone recently. I said, you know, I was really comfortable. And um, I was, man. Dan, serving on staff at Hope Church Danville was awesome. I loved it. Um, there are a lot of times I still miss it because it's such a great church. Um, mm-hmm. and, but at the same time, a lot of times when we get comfortable, God begins to move upon our hearts because nothing good ever grows in our comfort zone. And so, um, I knew that once I got up to Martin's when I started preaching, I don't know, it was just like, God just started doing all these things in my heart that I, I began to start, I guess, 
developing vision for what I, I believed, you know, could happen in Martinsville and what I saw God, you know, being able to do uh, through the work there and the potential that I, I believed was there. And so um, initially, um, as you said, it was uh, Clearview. And, and a lot of that was because the, the, the church in Martinsville started as a replant as well. And and now God has so graciously opened the door for us to be involved in revitalization and replanting. And we're doing a lot mm-hmm. of that. And and Clearview was a replant um, from Clearview Baptist Church, which had uh, dwindled down to six people. And uh, they were on the verge of closing their doors. And so we uh, actually met with their leadership uh, through a mutual friend uh, that I had, who actually was the founding pastor of Clearview Baptist Church. Um, he preached my first revival at the church I pastored in Stewart. And uh, so when he found out we were planting in Martinsville, he wanted to know if we had a building. And I said, no, we don't. And he told me, well, I know exactly where one's at. Wow. And he explained the situation to me. And I was like, okay, well, let's, uh, yeah, let's talk about that. And so Brian and I met with the, the people at Clearview Baptist and and God began to put that together and, and work that out. And so it was through all of that that uh, Hope Church uh, Clearview was was born out of that. But also, uh, we as we progressed with that, we really began to see how that name needed to change because we kept Clearview as a way to, to honor the heritage of Clearview Baptist. But one of the things that really became apparent was... Um, uh, that people even in Martinsville and Henry County didn't know where Clearview was. That little community is referred to as Clearview in that part mm-hmm. of of Martinsville and Henry County. But we found that people within that community in that county didn't even know that name. And so we saw that it was a, a great opportunity for us to go ahead and make that change um, before we did our official launch and so uh, we went ahead and made the decision that it was going to be Hope Church Martinsville to better accurately reflect the community we were ministering in and serving. And so um, about, you know, like I said, a, a couple months before we officially launched, we went ahead and made that name change. And so now we are officially Hope Church Martinsville. Man, I, it just like, you know, when when you see God ordering these steps and one of the things that's you hit on that was that I really hope family, if you're, when you're listening to this is what Clint said about being comfortable. And, you know, we all go through seasons of, of change and upheaval and things that, you know, drastically uh, impact how we're living our life. And, uh, you know, and that's not, we don't like it. And so we try to do our very best to just find how we can get back into that comfort zone. And we like, we, we make a beeline for it and try to get there as quickly as possible. Uh, when in reality, it's, Often in those times when when God is trying to grow something in us and take us through uh, what He has for our lives, and and if we'll just submit to that and submit to that that growth and that stretching, and sometimes those growing pains in our own heart and lives, uh, a lot of beautiful things can come out of it. And certainly, it seems like uh, that is what's happening in Martinsville. I mean, you take a small a church with maybe a great history, and you know it's dwindled down to just a faithful few. And it's, it's awesome to know, you know, on their end that they knew that God wasn't finished with them and that God still had something to do with them. And on the other end for you and, and other people who are interested in this church plan, um, that, that an, a door would be open if you just, you know, stayed persistent. And it's just so cool to see how even just that, 
that person who had, had preached a revival so long, you know, so many years before and just kind of like tying those things together and making those connections and, and just, you know, we often forget when, you know, in the moment we don't realize what God is doing, but when we look back, we just real you know, we have to see, and we just can't help but see that God orders our steps so much better than we could ever order them for ourselves. And if we're just willing to submit and say, God, do with my life as you will, uh, doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter if you're 60, 70, or 20, or 16, uh, in all of those things, um, God is is working to do something beautiful. And no doubt, you know, 10, 15 years later, when we look back, we'll see, oh, okay, now I see what God was trying to do. And uh, and now, I mean, you guys are in the thick of it. I mean, it's this is still a relatively young uh, young church, and and it seems like God is really moving. And so, what are what have been some of the highlights here in the last few years of of I mean, obviously having the church name its name uh, change its name from uh, Clearview to Martinsville. I know that's got to be a a big high and a big win. And what you know, what are some other things that you guys have uh, enjoyed and some victories that you've seen there at Hope Church Martinsville? So one of the things that uh, for me has been. I think really a high point and really a, a big victory for us is uh, some of the families that, that God has brought in to be part of this church family there in Martinsville. And there's one family in particular that, that just really stands out that God brought them there last year. And again, it's kind of funny how they ended up there. They had actually left the church they were attending and um, they decided to visit our church there in Martinsville because of one of the guys that uh, helps us lead worship on Sunday morning was in the youth group of the church they had previously attended. And so they're like, hey, we're just going to go there. We're going to go see him and and hear him. And that was really their only motive for showing up was just to see this kid that was in the youth group at the church they had attended. And so they come and on the Sunday they show up, uh, there was a medical emergency, and in, in, uh, in fact, our entire worship team is kind of connected, so there was a medical emergency, and none of them were there that day. Um, it was probably one of the worst Sundays anybody could have possibly picked to visit um, because, of, because of that. And so they show up, and he's not there. And so I, I talked to him a little bit. We have a great conversation. Well, they show back up the next week, and uh, they were not really a couple that I would have pegged to really, I guess, jump in on a church plant because all of their church background was in very well-established churches. And I mean, and they were more traditional churches too. So it wasn't really the kind of people that you would just look at and be like, oh yeah, absolutely. We see them as part of a church plant. And um, I'll never forget, it was, like I said, very much traditional in their, their model and understanding of church. Uh, and, and this guy had taught Sunday school for like 20 plus years. And, and, and I remember us having the conversation about Sunday school and small groups and, and why we didn't do Sunday school at Hope Church versus why we did small groups. And, and we had a great conversation about that. But I remember leaving that conversation just feeling impressed by God that God is almost like he audibly said to me. He didn't, but he could, couldn't have been clearer if he had. It was like, you need to ask him about leading the men's group. And you need to approach this gentleman about leading, you know, a men's small group. And so I did. And it was like, I don't know, something just like switched when I did that. And he said, okay, well, let me, let me, let me pray about it. And he didn't pray about it maybe a day or two. And he said, yeah, I would love to do that. And so um, it became, it was a men's group. We launched it on Tuesday mornings at the beginning of this, of this year earlier. And uh, 
We meet every Tuesday morning at nine o'clock. He leads it. I, I just attend. Um, it's awesome. I mean, we have biscuits and coffee and we, we work through books. We're actually going through books of the Bible. Right now we're going through the book of Acts. All right. So it's been phenomenal for me to see what God has done through this couple uh, and how he's used them. And, and what's even, I guess, crazier about this is this couple, the gentleman is 81 years old and his wife is 76 or 77. And they are probably our best family we have in the church as far as they have a missional mindset. They have a kingdom way of looking at things. They are servants. They're generous. Um, and to see how God has been at work in their hearts and in their lives through this past year um, with the launching of this men's group, uh, the wife is involved in, in a lot of outreach um, and she'll do outreach on her own and, and attaches the church's name to it. And they are just kingdom minded people. And so for me, um, that has been a huge highlight and a huge victory for us in this first year is seeing how God has been at work in the, in the hearts of people. Um, there's other examples of, of, of people that, that I see God at work in, um, rather it be, uh, you know, someone who is maybe struggling right now with some difficult life circumstances. And, and you can just see how God is, is changing their heart and, in circumstances where they would be struggling with, I mean, really feeling anger and hatred towards someone, and they're recognizing how they need God to, to change their heart on that and how they want to live into letting it go and how they know God's working in this circumstance, even though they'll say, I don't know what God is, is doing through this or how he's going to bring about good through this, but I know God is doing something. And, and just to see um, the spiritual transformation that's been happening in, in people's lives there has been absolutely incredible. I mean, that's like, you know, that that's that's exactly what what God intends for for His church to do. And you know, Clint, I think we maybe we need to work on trying to get um, that that couple you were talking about, try to get them on the on the Hope Life podcast, and and you know, get their perspective on uh, meeting you and and being involved, and just what it means to be you know kingdom minded people. And so uh, we'll have to we'll have to work on that. You know, yeah, that would be awesome. I, I would love I would love for the greater family of Hope Church to get to meet this this couple because. Uh, I texted, he and I text frequently throughout the week. And I, I remember he texted me the other day to, to share with me something that was going on and asked me to pray about. And, and I just told this guy, I said, I can't imagine Hope Church without you guys being a part of it. And, mm -hmm. and his response back was, he couldn't imagine them not being a part of Hope Church. And uh, that's, to me, what it's all about, to see God at work in people's lives uh, in that way and to see just to see what God's doing through his people and through his church. And uh, it, I would love for the greater family to get to get to meet them. Yeah, well, we'll have to schedule that soon then and get them on. I think that would be a, a, a fantastic thing to do. So um, I guess really to to close out the, the episode here, um, if there's one thing that you wanted to, people to know um, or what they could expect when they walk into uh, a meeting where Hope Church Martinsville is gathering, what what can they expect? What do you want them to know? So the, the one thing I want them to know when they walk through the doors at Hope Church Martinsville is that they're going to find a group of people that truly understand what it's like to have struggles in life, to have hurt in life, and, and specifically in this area, to understand what it's like to deal with and have church hurt. 
and, and I say that specifically for this area because in the Martinsville and Henry County community, it's an overchurched area, and there are a lot of people that have had church hurt and have had really negative experiences with with church in their life, and and we've encountered this so much already there. And so I would want people who walk through the doors to understand, know that there are people that are going to understand what they're dealing with, where they're at, and that there's a group of people that are going to walk with them through anything they face in life, that they have a group of people that are there to lock arms with them and to walk with them through whatever life throws at them and not only walk with them through it, but pray for them through it, to listen, to, to be there and to encourage them um, because I just feel like, especially in the area we're in in Martinsville, uh, people don't see that a lot with the other churches that are in the area. And, right. and so I, I think that's kind of become, I guess, our calling card, I feel like, in, in Martinsville is, is really being able to reach out to people with church hurt. And so um, I want people to know that they're going to find a community of people that's that's just going to love on them and, and it's going to help them find healing and hope. And and one of the things that used to be, we used to have banners years ago at Hope Church Danville that said this, and we've really latched onto in Martinsville, is the idea of restoring hope to hurting people. And we ultimately want people to know that they can have hope restored to the to those that are facing hurts. And, and we want to point them to that hope. And that hope is Jesus. And we we believe that there is hope for people who are hurting. And so that, that would be our big thing we want people to know when they walk through the doors. Awesome. Well, uh, Clint, thank you so much. I mean, I know we could talk probably for hours on end about ministry and, and uh, what God is doing. And, and certainly we're going to uh, circle back hopefully more for more in a future episode and maybe featuring a few other uh, key volunteers and uh, key people there uh, that are part of the, the Martinsville core family. Why don't we do this? Um, if you would, uh, let's go ahead and uh, close out in a word of prayer. And uh, Clint, would you mind praying for uh, praying for the Hope family and just all the, the different Hope churches and um, praying that, that God would, would continue to use his people to advance his kingdom? Absolutely. Yeah, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I'm so thankful for what you're doing in and through Hope Church as a whole. Father, I'm just so thankful that uh, you're using Hope Church in, in such a great way to impact this area in this region. Um, Father, thank you for uh, what Hope Church has has meant to me personally and to my family. And uh, I thank you for how you have used it in our lives and uh, what just a godsend it has been to us in our walk with Jesus. And so, Father, I just pray for our Hope Church family at large and as a whole, God, that you'll continue to, to grow us, not just numerically and with more locations, but most importantly, God, that you'll grow us spiritually, that you will grow us in, in, in the gospel, that you'll grow us in love for one another, that you'll grow us in, in grace and in truth. And uh, Father, that uh, we will just reflect Jesus more and more as we walk with him daily. And so, Lord, that is my prayer for us as a whole at Hope Church, that uh, we would increase the gospel um, presence in our lives and that father that we would increase uh jesus in our lives that he would be made visible and god that ultimately you would help us to passionately follow him and pursue him daily and uh, again father thank you so much for uh, hope church and what it means to all of us and so many others in jesus name amen
All right. Well, Clint, thank you again so much for uh, hopping on here. Uh, next time, uh, we're going to work on your Spanish in between now and then, and so we'll open up the podcast maybe with uh, some Spanish. My my somewhat Colombian-American accent and your um, Southern accent, and I think it'll be uh, a good mix between the two. Amen, hermano. <laughs> hey, amen, hermano. Very good. All right, Hope Family, thank you so much. Hope you guys have a fantastic week, and uh, we'll look forward to uh, being with you guys again on the next episode.